3.30, which means we get to get started. All right. See, thank, thank you for the excited face, sir. I appreciate I appreciate that. That makes me feel better about life. Ooh, Sharpie. Um, so yeah, welcome to a galaxy with without Jedi. Uh, this is the first year we're trying to do this panel, so I'm glad you guys were interested in it and the conversation we're hopefully going to be having today. My name is Brielle Lavarnia. I am the person who's been babbling about Starfighters for the last five minutes and made someone up front very mad at me for my feelings about Y-Wings. When I'm not talking about how Y-Wings are garbage, I am a writer for StarWars.com and I contribute to Marvel Comics series that's going on right now called Age of Republic and now we're on Age of Rebellion. I am also the managing editor for Tashi Station and a whole bunch of other things that will take me too long to say. So with that, I'm going to let my panelists introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm uh, a writer at the Star Wars website 1138, and I like to talk about the Empire a lot. Hi, I'm Lindsay Smith. I'm also a writer. I haven't done any Star Wars stuff yet, but I'm a writer on um, Serial Box's Black Widow series that's coming out later this year. Hi, I'm Jolly Yang. I'm also a writer. <laughs> I write for uh, RetroZap.com. I also used to contribute to the Bellway Banthas Star Wars and Politics podcast. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, I am one of the creators and hosts of Book Wars Pod, which is a podcast about the Star Wars canon books. And I'm also a writer for Tashi Station, because if I don't mention that, I'm going to feel inadequate next to all these writers. And your editor might be mad at you. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> okay, so you guys can get to know us a little bit better, and so, you know, you can get this conversation going. We're going to do a quick lightning round of people's favorites. So let's start with your favorite character. These are all Star Wars. I really don't care what you think about Marvel right now. Um, <laughs> favorite Star Wars character. Mine right now is Aiden Versio. His Imperial Majesty the Emperor. Uh, right now, Lando Calrissian. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Generally Darth Vader, although right now Tamri Vora from Resistance is coming up on him. Who is your favorite member of the Jedi Order? I think mine has to be Obi-Wan. I think I will go with Mace Windu. Why not? Yeah, I'm going to go with Obi-Wan, too. I have to go with Obi-Wan if, <laughs> if I'm wearing a t-shirt, but if it weren't, what, uh, what's the name of the Natolan, the one who smiles? Kit Fisto. Yeah, Kit Fisto. Yeah. Everybody else said Obi-Wan, so I'm just going to say Anakin Skywalker to be different. We have the high ground. <laughs> what is your favorite lightsaber duel? I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, but uh, Battle of Mustafar. Empire Strikes Back. Um, I'm going to say the Kylo Ren one at the end of Seven. I'm going to go by a single trailer, and that's the one between Ahsoka and Maul that's coming up in the, uh, the, new, the, the last season of Clone Wars. Uh, the throne room scene. It's a, it's, it is a battle involving lightsabers. They're not fighting each other. In Blast Jedi, sorry. It counts. Okay. What about your favorite planet in Star Wars? I'm going with Alderaan before it goes boom. <laughs> Coruscant. Corellia. Uh, oh, I'm biking on it right now. Um, <laughs> this is so, what's a watery planet? Moncala. Moncala, thank you. Scarif. Favorite Star Wars book? I'm going to go with Starfighters of Animar. Uh, 
Let's go with Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Uh, super old school, the um, the Thrawn books by Timothy Zahn. The Republic Commando books. Thrawn Alliances. Okay. So, given that we're here to talk about the Jedi, and anyone, we don't have to keep going down the line, just jump in whenever you guys want. What does being a Jedi mean to you? Not that any of us here are members of the Jedi Order, unless someone has been keeping a very good secret, but what does, what does that mean to you? I mean, I think that's, that's a tough question off the bat, right? Because like, it's what does it mean in theory and what does it mean in practice? In theory, it means upholding the light, uh, of the light side of the Force. But in practice, the Jedi turned into something that ended up being very different by the end of the Republic. So I think it should mean upholding the light and not being beholden to political pressures and the orders of the Republic. But that's not what it ended up with in practice. I think it means um, forming a religion and structure around something that's naturally occurring, trying to find a way for human or humanoid life forms to try to make sense of something that already exists out in the universe, whether they interact with it or not. I always like to go with my ideal of a Jedi as the guardians of peace and justice. Um, the little spiel we got in A New Hope and whether or not they live up to it, that's another matter. Being able to also center yourself and find your your core, who you are, I think that's, all, that's also a big part of being a Jedi. This is going to be a two-parter, and you'll probably be able to guess what the second part is after I ask the first one. What do you think that original Jedi Order got right? That's kind of telling. <laughs> Lightsabers are awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, I think they had good intentions of trying to provide a positive way of using this thing that's going to exist, whether they control it or not, but, um, well, I guess I'll save the rest for the second half. Yeah. Their way of being able to mediate most disputes. I think their emphasis on light as an ideal and avoiding aggression and anger had um, a pretty solid basis to it. What do you think they got wrong? Everything else. <laughs> Give me specifics here. Like, I mean, not everything else. Like, they obviously did a lot. Allowing themselves to be overextended. Okay. Getting involved in politics. Anytime yeah. you start taking orders from beings that are not on the same plane as you, since the Jedi are supposed to be a holy order, it ends up muddling your ideas. Getting involved in war. Leading armies as generals. Um, too restrictive both on people who aren't members and people who are. Can you expand on that one a little bit? Um, yeah, just the Jedi codes and so on. Do, you, do we think that Anakin really bought, brought balance to the Force? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Can I answer your question with a question? Maybe. What does balance mean? We still don't know. But neither do the Jedi. So, so what weight do you put behind Force Prophecies, then? And yes, I'm queuing you up to talk about Master and Apprentice. <laughs> Which is a really good book, by the way. Uh, I mean, I think prophecies can be true or not true, but it's all in the interpretation. Like, is balance, like, kind of the Dave Filoni, Mortis trio version, where there's, like, equal light and dark, and Anakin just force holds them together in a literal sense in, in a weird way? Or is it that the light balances everything and dark is bad? Like, I think 
that's like one of the problems that the Jedi had. Like they assumed balance would be good for the light side, and that may not have been the case. Like according to their, according to one view of balance, like by slaughtering all the Jedi and like decimating the light side, and then allowing the dark side to have its time, that could be seen as balance. Uh, I don't necessarily subscribe to this, but one idea about balance could be that by making the Jedi Order start over by burning away all of the old, there could have been balance by starting it over with Luke Skywalker being the first of a new style of Jedi. Um, whether or not that was really the best solution, I don't really agree. I mean, one way to balance it is for nobody to tap into the Force. Um, so it really balances a concept that somebody, oops, sorry, somebody else is going to be creating and imposing on any Force users, Force-sensitive people. Um, so that I don't think there's any way for humans to interact with the Force in a way that can balance it. It's not for them to do. Let's jump ahead a little bit to the sequel trilogy. Because again, like I said, everyone saw the Rise of Skywalker trailer. Yeah, if you haven't, please go fix that. I, I will literally let you watch that trailer right here. I will not be offended if I hear the sound coming out. If you're in a Star Wars panel, why haven't you not? Yeah. I'll see, if I happen to hear a Palpatine cackle somewhere, that's fine. Um, is Rey a Jedi, even though she got less training than even Luke did? Do you, would you still consider her to be a Jedi? If she says she's a Jedi, I would say yes, because she's the, the Jedi Order that existed before is gone. So whatever she's trying to do and whatever ideas she's taking from them, if that's enough to be a Jedi, I mean, she and Luke were, and now she is the only one left anyway. I think no. I think that Rey um, embodies her own connection to the Force, and I don't think it's for her or anybody else to decide to define that and it, she can create something new if she wants to out of that though I don't necessarily know if she wants to I think Rey is a Skywalker now not by blood but simply that is a new form of quote unquote Jedi for force users you stole my next question <laughs> too late sorry <laughs> so I was going to skip whatever Chris was going to say sorry and go into that like, so what do you guys think um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the theory but that Skywalker may be the new term for Jedi or whatever the Jedi Order has evolved to and it's become. What do you guys, do you subscribe to that theory? Do you have more thoughts on it? John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just really see that it's, the Jedi Order are gone and that there's no way they can come back. They're, the way they structure themselves has basically been uh, thrown out. So the only way you can actually have something new is to bring in something completely different with a new form of thought and ideology and that's got to be the Skywalker. Yeah, I think that Jedi is a loaded term at this point, right? Because like the Jedi, it's not a cosmic ideal. It's a specific religious and political order that, you know, is ended, whether you like it or not. Like, so I think Rey is not a part of that order, but, you know, she has the sacred texts. She presumably from the Rise of Skywalker trailer has been trained at least partially by Luke and maybe Yoda and who knows who else. Uh, so she is clearly fighting for the light side of the force. She's clearly involved in the spiritual and moral strength of the galaxy. But I think Jedi itself is a term that has to go by the wayside at this point. And so Skywalker could be, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that we've had Skywalkers who embody so many different aspects of the Force. We've had ones who are completely self selfless, 
um, and self-sacrificing, and we've had extremely selfish and vengeful Skywalkers um, that they really do come to embody everything that the Force can be, um, and claiming reclaiming that. And I, th I agree, it's time to wipe away what Jedi used to mean and build something new, find a new way of being one with the Force. And the word Skywalker just it's very mythic. It's a very loaded uh, or legendary sounding word. And we've seen two films where Luke Skywalker himself has become a legendary figure. So if Rey is the next Skywalker, if she's the sort of next in the line of these legendary figures, then it would make sense to start calling them Skywalkers. There's that very nice symmetry if it does become the new term of how it fits with the other two trilogies and how you have one that's Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, Rise of Skywalker. Um, staying with a little bit out of the universe perspective, We've had two films so far in the Star Wars saga. They don't have Jedi at its center. We had um, Rogue One, and then we had Solo. Do you, and we don't really know what's coming next. There's rumors, but they are so far just rumors as to what television series will be. But whatever sort series they do next in film, do you think that there needs to be Jedi at its center? Or at least somewhat involved, more so than, say, Chirrut and Way and the, the Guardians were involved in Rogue One. I'm going to go with no. Um, I actually really love the stories that don't center on Jedi and Force users because it shows that there are people who can inhabit this galaxy who don't have to have this all-powerful, who, who don't have to be able to tap into this great source of power and that there are still interesting s stories worth telling that don't rely on the Force. Yeah, I think Star Wars is in a position where it's established enough, even as a film franchise, to start moving beyond the Jedi. We saw that like with the books a long time ago with the expanded universe telling stories about military people and X-Wing pilots and smugglers and things that were outside the Force. And now that the films have sort of a, a set aesthetic and you can recognize a Star Wars film when you see it, we can start telling stories about characters who are outside of the, the Jedi-Sith dichotomy. I'm actually going to disagree. I don't think that we will ever have a Star Wars story that is wholly separate from the Force. I think that the Force and you know, whether you want to call them the Jedi, whether you want to call them Force users, are part of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. I think it's what part of makes it this kind of space opera, space fantasy, more than just a pure sci-fi of futuristic starships battling each other. Yeah, also, there's also the, you've got, if you've got the Guardians of the Wills, they're clearly, clearly not the only ones around who were for who were force worshippers, even if they weren't force users. So I can see, I could absolutely see a whole bunch of other groups in this limitless galaxy that would be, uh, you know, worshipping the Force in one way or another. Yeah, actually, let's talk about that a little bit more, because like you said, we have the Guardians of the Wills who might not necessarily be Force users in the traditional sense of their fighting with lightsabers, but they certainly have a connection with it. But then we have people like the Witches of Dathomir, who we saw in the Clone Wars, who are clearly Force users, but I don't think either side particularly wants to claim them as being Jedi or Sith. Uh... Where do they fit into all of this? And should Star Wars explore these sort of things more? Absolutely. I love the Guardians of the Wills because it shows that you can't have a monopoly on the Force the way that the Jedi Order tried to. Um, it shows that anybody who has that sensitivity, anybody who wants to, can really tap into it. And it doesn't have to fit into one single structure. 
Yeah, I would love to see stories about more forest traditions, like the tr uh, the Church of the Forest or the Gardens of the Wills, or even small planets where they have their belief system centered around the forest or some other aspect of the forest. Because if that's sort of the religion or theology in Star Wars, I'd want to see how different planets and peoples relate to the forest and see it through a prism that's different from what the Jedi and Sith do. Yeah, that's one of the things that I, the one the one part of uh, Rogue One that actually got me verklempt was when Chirrut was dying and Baze was basically reciting to him the Force Prayer. And it's a man, Baze was a man who essentially lost his faith, giving, comforting his best friend, and it just blew my mind. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's funny because I go back to a line from Revenge of the Sith that, like, was, t like, in context was meant to be manipulative, but it's Palpatine saying to Anakin, there's so much more to the Force than the narrow dogmatic view of the Jedi. And I think that that's absolutely the case. I think the Jedi decided that what they were doing was right and that what anybody else was doing was wrong. And there's so much more to it from other cultures that aren't necessarily human-centric or are more, you know, balance-centered than light-side-centered that we just don't know about and have no conception of, like the Witches of Dathomir, who, like, you can say are dark side, but, like, dark side and evil aren't necessarily even the same thing either. And so, like, I think there is a lot more to it than that. Yeah, the sacred Jedi texts cannot be the only books ever written about the Force, be it light or dark. So, yeah, and the Jedi was one of the coolest plants we've seen in the Star Wars movie, and that was basically a religious center all around the Force. And they had statues of Jedi, but other people and other groups went there too. So, I'd love to see other worlds that look like that too. Yeah, and I'd love to see more of Force users who don't always embody light or don't always embody dark. I I want to think that Ray is maybe going to be representing that more. Um, but being able to see them find the positives in both both aspects would be wonderful to have more of that. So this might not be what you're saying, but maybe Ray finds the balance to the Force in a way? It could be, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's still a correct term. We used to, back in the 90s, call them Grey Jedis. But <laughs> um, yeah, it would be great to see somebody who can draw on both sides of things because you need both. Yeah, and Grey Jedi has become such a loaded term, I feel like, in fandom nowadays. Yeah. I'm actually really, I wasn't completely sold on it before, but I think I'm liking more and more the idea of Skywalker being the term for whatever sort of Force user Ray becomes. Yeah, I love that. Maybe Skywalkers, maybe the prophecy meant that the Skywalkers are the chosen ones, whether it was Anakin from the start who had his version of balance or Luke who restored his version of balance. It's those who are seeking the balance, not just one single person. Yeah, I think the term Grey Jedi kind of got a bad name because back in the 90s, people associated with people who could use Force Lightning, but they weren't bad guys, we promise. And now we sort of want to really get to something more complicated than that and more interesting than that. Was in a nice old Republic walking around as, you know, light side exile and then just doing Force Storming everyone was really fun. <laughs> but actually, let's actually talk about Knights of the Republic. A lot, okay, some people might be too young for that, but do you guys remember that game? Knights? Yeah. Yeah. So there's been some speculation that we might be going back to that era, um, whether it's specifically a KOTOR telling or something new and just set in there. Would you... Is that an era of the Jedi you would want to see explored? 
And would you want it, if we go to that era, would you want it to be about the Jedi and the Sith conflict or something? Different? Yeah, I think if we're gonna, if we're gonna have to get more Jedi and Sith stories, I'd like to see in a vastly different era. Knights of the Old Republic was very unique in that it took the established themes of Star Wars but gave it a different aesthetic. And I would ve- ve- be very curious about how, how that would be imagined today. Would they follow the same aesthetic? Would they go for more of a sort of earthy, more mythological? Uh, sort of view because we've seen in the recent films that they have some Jedi relics and ruins and they look way more real world and grounded and so if they did a version of that for the Old Republic the Knights of the Old Republic I'd, I'd be totally down with that yeah I would love to see more from that era I never played Knights of the Old Republic but I played the old it's not that old MMO the the Old Republic that was out for a little while um, and I was a little disappointed that it didn't feel old enough to me um, I would love to see something that really embodies a different era of Star Wars. I'd love to see um, like those layers of history peeled back and what that meant for the Force users back then. Yeah, it's Legends now, but there was a book uh, called Dawn of the Jedi into the Void that went like mm-hmm. 25,000 years before, so they didn't even really have hyperspace. They didn't, like the Jedi Order wasn't at all what you think it is. I think it even had a different name. Yeah, they were called Je- J-E-D-A-I Jedi. Oh, yeah, so... That has a Great Zen Bong feel. Yeah, something, um, something like that would be really awesome to see. Yeah. I so I actually I did not get super into Star Wars expanded universe fandom until after the reboot with Disney, and so I have read very little Legends. I've never played Knights of the Old Republic. My only thing is that if we do go back to that era, I want it to be new. I don't like they can draw on plot points from Knights of the Old Republic. They can draw on Darth Revan. You know all these all these things that you know like I I I know the name Darth Revan. I don't actually know anything about that character. Um, She's awesome. That's, that's so I've heard. Um, I just want it to be new. I would actually laugh really hard if that's what Ryan Johnson, the director of Episode Eight, is working on. Just because I cannot imagine him just doing a reboot of the video games, which is what a certain segment of the fandom wants and that segment of the fandom already hates Ryan Johnson and it would be funny to watch him troll them again. JJ's is really good at doing re- reboots so. <laughs> troll. I would love to see Darth Revan and HK47 if they keep HK47 around. Yes. You would like HK47. He's a murder droid who starts all of his statement, his quit things with statement and calls everyone meatbags and really hates Malik. <laughs> love 47. He's like Basically, Mr. Bones. He was like the genesis, I think, for Mr. Bones. And actually, if we're going to take questions, so if you guys have a question you want to ask us, please feel free. Don't be scared. Okay, yeah, let's do this. So you talked about Force users, but you didn't mention the Oh. Yeah. The one in the middle. For me, my, the, the bookshelf where the books, that, the texts are placed on in that cave, all the branching out of that seriously reminded me of the Bendu when, the, when I first saw that fir- very first trailer I thought oh my god it's a Bendu it wasn't but I, that's, that, that was my first choice so yeah I'd love to see more of that or more Bendu like creatures I think just looking at it from an out of universe perspective for the moment I think it's going to be really interesting as we move through other creators having their view of the force whether the Bendu is a formative figure of the force or whether the Bendu is a creation of Dave Filoni um, because Dave Filoni has, as I was talking about earlier, kind of a very like equal sides of the scales view of the Force, where you have the light and you have the dark and you have the middle, and they're like th- these three separate categories. Whereas, you know, if you look at something like The Last Jedi, the implication is that light is good, 
balance, like light contributes to balance, dark side maybe a little bit does, but mostly does not, and dark side rips apart balance. Whereas in that view, it's hard to see where the Bendu fits. And so it'll be interesting to see different creators have their, uh, have their own creations and their own views of the force applied to the universe and to see if you know we go with the Mortis Bendu uh, version of the force where they, there are these people who are just in the middle and not light or dark and what that really implies because it's kind of hard to, you know, in a universe that requires us to make zero-sum choices a lot of the time, it's it'll be interesting to see the implications of what being in the middle actually means. And one thing that Dave Filoni does really well with speaking of Bendu is he does the force mysticism stuff really well. Sometimes you might think maybe it goes a little too far, but if we have future films exploring the nature of the force, it'll be interesting to see the different force mystical aspects or the mystical legendary aspects like the different beasts that, like the, the loath wolves and the hyperspace whales. And if there are any other manifestations of the force out there that sort of defy normal terrestrial logic. Sir, back. Would you like to see, or do you think there will be more stories or movies that center on the idea that uh, characters are unwitting or covertly influenced by the force as part of their journey, their hero journey? Uh, as in the throwaway line, the force is with you, but the force is actually moving them through their story to make you go. Yeah, I think that depends on how you view not just the force, but also the idea of free will and destiny. Um, so I, I very much personally subscribe to the idea. You know, the force is around everyone. That maybe it can it can help you along the way. There's some people who clearly you're more force sensitive than others, so you're gonna like the whole example of Anakin with the pod race. That's what jumps to mind to me. Like your reflexes are faster. You can see things where you you might not necessarily know what's going on. But I see more like um, Han Solo Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's always this sense that the Skywalkers in particular do have this faded, de this destiny that the Force has somehow instilled in them. Um, and I think it would be really cool to see stories that explore those questions of do they have a choice in this? Do they? Can, or do they have agency to determine how they use the Force and what the Force is for them? I would love to see that. And I mean, there is the idea that the Force can be with people even though they can't knowingly manipulate it. Like that scene with Chirrut at the end of Rogue One, clearly there's some manifestation of the Force there and his mantras were helping him even though he couldn't do telekinesis or deflect blaster bolts. He could shoot down a TIE fighter, though. That's pretty yeah. sweet. Right. I think... I have two. I have two points. One, uh, have you read *Master and Apprentice*, the book by Claudia Gray that came out a couple weeks ago? Please, I would recommend that you read that please book. Please read it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but I do think that we are going to continue to see stories about the Force's influence and characters' reactions to those tangible influence that the Force creates. Um, I think, in general, I'd love to see more stories about that because I think it would necessarily. Uh, go into the question of the Force as kind of a religious motivation because looking at the Force versus free will that like necessarily has a connection to the Christian religious aspect of predetermination and whether do we have any choice? Like, are we going to hell from birth because God already knows what we're going to do? Like, 
it's that same question with the force. And I think that these are important questions that relate back to our own society that you know people still talk about today. And so I think it would be really interesting to see that from a Star Wars perspective as well. well this is basically Star Wars is art, and all art reflects upon how we live our lives. And so yeah, sure. It depends on who you ask. Um, like, I Personally, I think Ahsoka's still a Jedi. Um, she walked away from the Jedi Order, yes. But to me, I don't think she ever... I mean, she says she's no, yeah, that she's not a Jedi, but to me, like she seems to still be very much living her life in accordance with... Not necessarily the, you know, no... Not, that, not saying she's having a romance with anyone, but like not the strict orders of the Jedi Code, but like the sense of it. Um, that's just me. Yeah, she tries to live by their ideals, and I guess, you know, the, the term gray Jedi, it's, it's just the, the word gray itself is, is, is the one that gets confusion because it makes people think it's between light and dark. Like, Ahsoka Tano is clearly a figure on the light side. She's just independent of the Jedi Order as a bureaucratic or religious organization. Yeah, I actually, I, I don't like the term gray Jedi, and part of that's because I didn't read Legends, and so it doesn't have, you know, nostalgic memories for me, but like, because I do see the Jedi as a very specific political organization where it's not like you're philosophically a Jedi. It's no, like, you are a member of the Jedi Order or you're not. Like, you're a registered Democrat or a registered Republican or you're not. Like, so to me, saying that someone is a gray Jedi doesn't really make sense because, like, there is no gray. Like, you either are or you're not. You can be a member of the Jedi. You can be a crappy member of the Jedi. Or you can be a really good member of the Jedi, but you're still a Jedi. Like, big umbrella. So... I I see Ahsoka as something different. I actually really like that idea of her as kind of like the prototype for like what a non-Skywalker Skywalker might look like. Yeah, I could I could see Ahsoka as more of a Force user who used to be part of the Jedi Order, a very strong Force user. Ahsoka the White, you know, you know why not? You shall not pass. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I have a knee-jerk reaction to some of the old branch-off from the Force things from Legends because I survived Fate of the Jedi and Luke Skywalker's journey through his Jason Zolo's whatever in his past love life. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the... I think you said droids. You mentioned droids in the Force. Um, 
For me, I think that depends on whether or not you believe that they're sentient organic beings, which then goes into a much larger discussion about slavery, what sentience means, and everything else that we probably don't have time to do on this panel. But someone remind me to pitch that panel next year. Yeah, um, definitely with um, L3 especially. Yeah, panel. Yeah, um, tapping into, because a consciousness exists at some point within a droid, does that tie into the force? How does electrons and so on, does that tap into anything? I would love to hear more about that. I was reading another fantasy series where they had a force-like thing, and they talked about different frequencies that you can perceive, and I almost wonder if the force as we know it is something that's only perceived by biological beings, and maybe there's an idea that there's a manifestation of the force that can be perceived by sufficiently um, conscience droids, but who knows? Yeah, I think, I certainly think it's possible, you know, I think you could look at it from a perspective of we've never seen that because we've only had stories from organic perspectives, like, you know, for looking at the movies and the books and everything that we've seen, we have organic characters who are force users. So one could say that it's a question of point of view and a question of, you know, the marginalized voices of droids. We just assume that they uh, have no force powers because that is the position of privilege that organics have in the current Star Wars era that we're in. Um, so I could see them doing it and just like framing it completely differently. And I think that would be really interesting. Um, but will we see it? I don't know. It also depends on whether or not they continue to go with that whole midi Coloridian idea. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if that's the case, then chances are you probably can't really have that in a, like a non-sentient being or like a, in a mechanical being. So. I mean, maybe the Force is just a network that binds all machines together. <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Force is the Borg. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you will be assimilated. Um, okay, I just want to go back and question of my own. Uh, so if most of us on the panel think that you don't have to have Jedi at the center of your stories. What makes something a Star Wars story if it doesn't include, and I don't necessarily prescribe to this being a thing, but like, what makes it a Star Wars story if it doesn't have lightsabers or a big mythic battle between good and evil? So Star Wars is a space fantasy series that's grounded in real world history. It's not meant, it's, it's a type of sci-fi that's not scientifically accurate. It doesn't really try hard to create its own universe. It's based on memories of our own past. Even, you know, the Jedi themselves, they look like monks from the real world. And the politicians in the Senate re represent reflections of real world history as well. So I think Star Wars is a fantasy allegory story based on the real world. And as long as you have those familiar elements, it can still be Star Wars. Sure. I mean, you could, you could always have like tales of the underworld, like six and thirteen, thirteen down and down in the bowels of Coruscant. You know, having like a detective story or just people trying to live their lives and having a, like a battle between you know smugglers and criminals and law enforcement, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think um, the the Jedi and the Force is only one half of what makes the Star Wars universe so interesting to watch. I think it's the other half is how the politics. The, the Galactic Empire, the Republic, whichever system is in place in the time period you're talking about, how that affects this wide, wide galaxy um, comprised of all kinds of different sentient beings and droids and so on. So I think there's plenty of stories to tell that are, you could be still very uniquely Star Wars that don't have to rely on the Force. But what makes it Star Wars? The, Just that deal. specific setup. Yeah. Um, pew, yeah. pew. Yeah. Pew, pew. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. 
more questions? Okay, yes. Yeah, would you like to see the thinking about books going forward? Would you be interested in seeing um, the development of a set of protagonists, for instance, of Skywalkers, if that turns out to be the next group of Force users, who can sustain long series of books and long arc stories of the kind of used to see in that would be awesome. I don't know if they're going to let anybody get away with that, but they might. Yeah. Yes and no. Because I, I love Legends. I do. It also had problems. Um, and I think that as someone, like I said, I used the phrase, I survived the fate of the Jedi. But to be clear, what I really should have said is I somehow survived Darkness Trilogy and I kept reading. Um, I think that if... If they do that, then I'm more interested in it being completely new characters and not not ones who are grounded and tied to our heroes. Um, like, get it in a completely... We were talking before, go to a different era. Like, just free yourselves from having to deal with the Skywalkers because otherwise you have Han and... Well, not Han. You'd have, you'd have, like, 90-year-old Leia and Lando still shooting things and winning a galaxy and you never truly pass it on to the next generation um, and you never get past it having to be someone tied to the Skywalker or the Solo name. I don't know you guys. I get worried about big series. Um, I think they have a tendency to sort of get bloated and off track and we sort of had that problem with late legends as well. Um, if there was a good idea, I wouldn't be against it, but my preference are more tightly plotted um, single books or maybe up to trilogies at the most. Yeah, so the story group would really have to get have to bear down on the writers and make sure that what they wrote and, had, and that there was a clear storyline, kind of like the MCU. You know, there's a clear through line of where you want to go and and make sure everybody stays in their lane. Yeah, and I actually I disagree with Jay a little bit, and this is also probably my perspective of not having survived a lot of legends. <laughs> um, but I I really like long series. I think that it gives opportunity for stories that by necessity take a long time to develop and like like longer periods of time, but I do think that that makes the challenge harder. I think that one thing that's really interesting that we haven't seen yet is weaving those stories together through not just one series of books that centers on one series of characters, but looking at, as Brio was saying, an entirely different era from different perspectives, doing it in books, doing it in TV shows, but doing it in a way that we haven't really seen. So it's, I would love to see it, but it's hard for me to envision, partially because I'm not a creative, I'm not an artist, but like I would love to see that done in a new way that I can't really envision because I'm just the consumer. I want to make two points real quick based on what you said. Is one, we kind of have in a way with the time period between the Battle of Endor and the Battle of Jakku, is we've seen we've seen that one year through uh, let's see, Battlefront Two, Lost Stars, the Aftermath series. Uh, spoiler alert, but Alphabet Squadron is set there, and that's going to be a trilogy, and you should all get really excited if you like pilots and or having your emotions squashed into tiny pieces. Um, I like that they did that. And number two, I'm not opposed to a long series because I'm a big fan of the New Jedi Order, which went 19 books over five years, which regardless of what you think of those books, that's a huge publishing accomplishment. Where I get a little bit iffy is when it then you just keep going and adding on and adding on and adding on because that went another what, Jay? Another... 15 years in the timeline? No, 20 years in the timeline? Yeah. And to me, then you're just not necessarily telling one story over a whole bunch of books. You're just 
mega series, series after building. mega yeah. series. Yeah, because in the old days, in the Legends days, I remember there was a panel at Dragon Con the first time I went, which it was all like Tim Zahn and all Stackpole and all the old. Um, Legends writers and the, the, the way they talked about how keeping continuity is they would each be communicating with each other and say okay I'm gonna write this what about what are you gonna do and they would just sort of like do like a key, a key chain thing from there this time around like I said before I'd much rather have the story group itself run that and then so that allows them the, the writers are much more they can be a lot more creative just staying within their little lane not opposed to the concept, though. But yeah. And the only other thing I'll add to my initial answer is that it's going to depend on the creators, and it's going to need more perspectives than we saw in Legends. It's going to need more than just white people and more than just white men writing it, because it's a completely different... Yeah, let's, let's clap for representation yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> let's do it. Um, it's... It is going to... Because there are just stories that people who look like me can't tell because we can't conceive of them. Yeah. And if you like that idea, let me tell you, follow us to Room 152 for Diversity in Star Wars panel right after this one. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to plug. Anyone else on there? Any more questions? We've got a couple more minutes left. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Sith. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think yeah. so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we got like five, three minutes and I still need to give you guys books, so let's do this rapid fire. So, Oh, oh no, no! Oh, good lord! Yeah, yeah, that's great. A lot of us are just book. Yes, and we're getting more of those now between Mandalorian Resistance is thankfully Jedi free right now. You have no idea how happy I am about that. Um, <laughs> mostly the the films though are something where it's just TBD, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think my my standard answer to all these questions of do you think we'll get X story? I think over the next 10 to 20 years, we're going to get every possible story you can imagine and then some, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I can imagine quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there. Uh, can we use the unknown uh, territories to make a Star Wars story that doesn't revolve around the areas known by the Republic and the Empire? That would be cool. Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. Like, would, would, yeah. Would, yeah, well, we got the chess out there. And I'm very curious about what's going to happen in Thrawn Treason. Uh, okay, let me do maybe one more, depending on how fast we talk. Someone had their hand up back there, I think. Yes. Yeah. Just what about them? Or yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so, They're writing books about it now. And it's yeah. designed to fit in into the canon, yeah. the yeah. whole experience. There. And you can already so Thrawn Alliances has the first visit to Batu. We've got it. We we've got multiple books that are coming out over the next few months that are going to tie into Galaxy's Edge. The rides are supposed to tie in and everything too. Um, they look really really cool, and they've actually. This is nothing to do with Jedi, but I don't care. I'm going to talk about it anyways. <laughs> Coca-Cola has created new bottles and rebranded specifically so they can sell them in the parks. In Orbesh. And still fit with like this immersive Star Wars feel, which to me is, number one, peak Disney. Number two, really cool. I'm going to be at Disney World next, next week. I'm just going to be banging on the wall saying, let me in now. I'm going to live at Galaxy's Edge. It's going to be great. Okay, let me do one more quick question, and then I'm going to give you guys books. So I hope you all have your raffle tickets. Sir. That's a question, we'll kind of a, a pitch, but when we talk about the expanded universe and the books and all that, 
the comments that Marvel and Disney are putting out, expanding mm. stories, Dr. Effort. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. yes. Comics are great. Ninety-nine percent of them are great. There's yeah, one yeah, most of them are great. We're <laughs> yeah. not going to talk about that one. We're not touching that one with the ten-foot pole. Um, any more? One more question, and then sorry, no, keep saying one more. 